Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. To find the balance is 
the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom. Holy way of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy angel of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence I sense your presence Thank you for joining me here today on Code Connection. My name is Jessie Ann Nichols-George, and I am your hostess today. The music you were listening to there at the beginning of the show is I Sense Your Presence. It's by Shumshai. And if you'd like to check out more of the music, you can certainly do so at www.shumshai.com. That's S-H-A-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. And I want to extend a welcome to everybody that's joining us here today, whether you're returning, you listen to the show, you like what we do here, you like the direction we're taking things right now, or whether you're tuning in for the very first time and thought, hey, this seems like a great topic, let's uh, stop in and see what's happening here. We're, we're really glad to have you with us either way. We do stream live in three additional places, Talk Stream Live, Stream Finder, and 10, known as Karen Counters Network. And I welcome everyone listening through those channels as well. In addition to those that are catching the show through the podcast forums, which is iTunes and TuneIn.com, or those catching the show through the YouTube version of the show. So no matter where you're listening from, we're really happy you could join us. During this show, what I do is look at living a more compassionate life by aligning with your personal life codes. And many times I've got guests on the show so that you get to learn about their work and other things that may be an option for your code energy. I also highlight different musical artists along the way here, and I've done that throughout this year. I like to correlate those musical guests with the turning of the season, and I have coming up next week uh, who's, uh, somebody who correlates with our fall equinox time, and that is going to be uh, CJ, also known as Courtney Monzek, and he plays a Pantheon Steel Halo, among a couple of other hand-pan instruments. So he's going to be very, very interesting to listen to. He's got all this different, varied background from being a shaman to uh, having musical talent to um, being in the technical (laughs) arena. So he's very diverse. So I imagine he's going to be very interesting uh, as well when he comes on next week. And then in my own work, what I do is I interpret a person's life code to allow them to live a life filled with compassion. And I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement. If you've missed that, you can uh, catch that on my media page on my website. 
And if you go in there, it's got uh, shows where other people have interviewed me. That's the easiest place to find uh, that area. I've also authored four books, the most recent being You, Me, Life, Dreams, and its companion workbook. And then my first two books, Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. I've also created what uh, was the Compassion Tour for a while and is now called the True North Tour, which uh, is all about finding your true north direction. And I uh, do that in a variety of different ways with workshops, retreats, seminars, book signings, fundraising events. You can follow everything that's happening, whether it's uh, videos or anything else that I do through my website, Jesse and Nichols George, the number onecom And just a reminder, if you enjoyed the show today, make certain that you tell your friends and family and, you know, share it with people because I get out there, I click the share button, I never know who, like, going to touch that week, and you never know who's dealing with something, and this might be exactly the show they need. I know a lot of people, as a matter of fact, who have been dealing with obstacles and challenges and situations in their life, and and I think this is a great show. So you just never know. You might really change a life just by clicking that share button, and they can use the same link that you use to get into the live show to listen to it in the archives at their convenience, or they can catch it as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn.com, or somewhere in about the next week or so, I'll have it up on my YouTube channel as well if they like that format better. Now, before we get started on everything, one of the things I like to do is delve into a little book called The 72 Names of God. It's by a Kabbalah master, Yehuda Berg. And uh, I love Yehuda because he takes the big complex, topics and thoughts, and he brings them into our everyday life and our everyday language. And for me, that's where things really work. That's how, you know, when we can apply it to everyday life, it becomes amazing for it. And, and of course, I always love how whatever page I turn to, whatever is the next topic up, always fits with this guest <laughs> that I have. And it's interesting that I have this, this uh, name of God up today. So, the name of God that we have, the common name, is Diffusing Negative Energy and Stress. So, of course, it's absolutely perfect for our guest today. And the little message that it gives ahead of uh, everything is, when we encounter places oozing negative energy, if we come in contact with people radiating darkness, anger, or hatred when pressure increases, this name will neutralize any and all negative forces, including stress, and nervous tension. And he goes on with his insight on this, which is, according to Kabbalah, we all have a spiritual field of energy that extends a little more than seven feet from our bodies. Although we can't see this field with the naked eye, it's as real as the invisible atoms in the air, and as undeniable and influential as the unseen force of gravity. Whenever this field is, whenever this field is charged, with negative or stressed out energy, we find ourselves in a lower state of being, suffering from sadness, depression, hostility, fear, and uncertainty. Or we just plain feel miserable. Unpleasant places and gloomy people influence our lives when we come into close contact with them. Our personal space is violated, charged with disturbing energy detrimental to our well-being. And the meditation that he gives on this is, Purifying light banishes unseen ominous forces and deactivates harmful influences lurking nearby, including those 
that dwell inside you. Stress dissolves, pressure is released, balance and positive energy permeate your environment. So again, the uh, common name of God that Yehuda has for us this week is diffusing negative energy and stress. The formal name is Kaftetas. And you can find that information, by the way, on my page in the Main Street Universe tab on my website, jessianniclesgeorgethenumber1.com. And you can go back and go over it during the week if you'd like to or share it with somebody and you think that's a message that, that could be useful for them. And uh, again, just work right on there. I like to go back and reflect during the week. That's, that's how I am. I like to work with something for a week and, and run with that flow and see what it brings me. Now, a little thought here. We're going to get our minds opened up in the direction of of our topic today, and then we're going to take a little break and we'll bring our guest on here. But this will kind of get you headed in the direction we're headed today on this show. Have you ever had a situation that you considered an obstacle? And have you ever felt like all the cards were stacked against you? Have you ever beat the odds in a situation? I love exploring this. As so many people come to realize they've really come through some tough challenges, and created some amazing experiences in their lives. It's a great way to watch their expression as they recall what they went through prior to a breakthrough and to see them light up as they talk about finally getting through it. Challenges and obstacles are part of living in the third dimension, and at times we may feel overloaded by them. Now, there are so many directions that we could talk about in this space. Mirrors, soul lessons, fortitude, staying present, etc. However, no matter how much we create for ourselves along the way, sometimes we find ourselves in situations that we did not choose by our rational mind. Of course, in some aspect we have chosen it, such as the soul that chose an experience to learn something or to gain a more understanding of something. And however, there are also the aspects we are brought to face that you know we're brought up to, to face based on the decisions of others or what we're born into. So, for example, someone could be born into a situation where daily survival is the main focus, such as those born into a country with little food or shelter. And others may be born into aspects where they have no support or resources, such as family and friends or places to go to develop are not easily available. In life, we tend to deal with many aspects that challenge us in different ways, be it mental, physical, and emotional. Ava Graham is one person that has opened up to sharing her life and so that she could inspire people that are in challenging situations. And she has come through a great deal in her life, but stayed determined to get an education and to bring opportunities to others. The key focus of her is to break down barriers regardless of background, color, or past. I think that this is a great reminder of the concept that it is not always about how we got into a situation or how an obstacle has been created, but what we are going to do with it when it is evident in our life. Now, while I see value in understanding how it was created so that we don't repeat it, more so is how do we deal with the things that life gives us. Let's face it. You can be incredibly wise, very balanced, completely conscious of your actions, but others may still make choices that are not favorable for you, and you may still experience challenges. 
A happy person is that way from within, regardless of what life presents, not because they are void of challenges, but because they are not controlled by people and things. They realize they will handle any situation that comes their way. The river goes around the rocks, branches, and debris in its way. It doesn't force a direction, but simply keeps going regardless of what is in its way. It realizes that it is able to overcome anything that is in its path. Have you ever done something that people said you couldn't do? And how did you feel to break through what appeared to be overwhelming? What did you learn by facing your challenges and situations? The code for this week reminds us that we are not here to compete with others or to be in opposition. For doing so leads us to have to start over and over again. And as we grow and develop, there will be those that want to engage you in competition, but this only leads us away from divine connection and to be focused on what is outside of ourselves instead of inside of ourselves. Competition only brings loss by focusing on the drama of others instead of your own inner peace. This week also reminds us to provide for the future. Do not take this into consideration and to provide your own stability can often lead to opportunities leaving your life. The key is live for today from within while setting yourself up for tomorrow so that you can be ready for the interactions that you will experience in the outer world. I'm going to take a short break, and when we return, I'm going to have Ava Brown, and she's going to be sharing her work in overcoming obstacles and situations. And the song I have for you during our break is called A Walk in Epping Forest. It's by Claire Hedin. And if you would like to find out more about Claire's work, you can certainly do so at her website, www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Everything has its place. 
sunlight is dappled across the leaves, across the ground, across my face, my hair. And as I walk, I feel the forest wrapping itself around me and at the same time opening itself up for me. And we are one. As I walk, it walks with me. As I move, it moves. One expressing the other, connected. And then comes the breeze. The leaves rustle. They bend. Constantly shimmering in the sunlight. Creatures, the little animals, the little insects, everything. So populated, so busy, so silent, so loud. Movement, movement, movement. So graceful, this movement is so graceful. This earth is so beautiful. It's so alive. Constantly dying, regenerating, constant, constant motion, cycles of being. And I'm in that. I'm a part of that. Not from it. So beautiful. And welcome back. You are listening to Code Connection. My name is Jesse Ann Nichols George, and I'm your hostess today. You were just listening to a song by Claire Hadeen, who's also a former guest. Actually, Claire was one of my very first guests on the show, and I think my first musical guest on the show. And I'm in deep appreciation of her allowing me to use her music on the show as well. Uh, That was a song by her called A Walking Up in Forest, and you can check out more of her work at www.clairehadeen.com. And it's time for us to get to our guest today here because she's been patiently waiting on me. Today I've got with me Ava Eagle Brown, author, motivational, empowerment, and transformational speaker, NLP qualified coach and actress. And for those that don't know what that is, that's neuro-linguistic programming. Drawing on her own experiences, she assists others to reach their full potential through determination and tapping into their greatness. She shows others how to achieve and break down barriers regardless of background, color, or their past. Ava shares her own story with her clients in order to inspire and challenge. And we will be looking at her work and how to overcome excuses and situations in life. You can learn more about Ava's work at www.avabrown.org. That's A-V-A-B-R-O-W-N.org. And Ava... It is absolutely wonderful to have you on Code Connection today. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Hi, Jesse. I'm so glad to be here as well. Hi, everybody who's listening. Thank you for having me. And and I'll mention that uh, Ava is calling in all the way from London. <laughs> so a real treat and a real pleasure. And Ava, if you could just start off by sharing with our listeners a little about your journey. How did you come to do this work? Why picking, you know, overcoming obstacles and situations in life? 
Well, Jesse, um, thank you. I, I basically have um, used my own story of, um, you know, growing up in Jamaica to very, very humble beginnings, but also very challenging um, beginnings. I grew up in a situation where I was I was abused as a child sexually, um, but also held up at gunpoint as an adult and again abused and, and have been through so many challenges to include two failed marriages and, and having to leave my home country to come to the UK for my own safety. But still with all of these challenges and the vicissitude that life has thrown at me, I made a very conscious effort and decision that I will not become my situation, but also that my past and my challenges could not determine where I was going. And that's how I kind of got into where I'm at. I made a decision. I picked myself up. I had two choices. I could sink or swim. And if I sank, then, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So I chose to swim, and I'm also a mother, so I've got children who are looking up to me to, to show them how to survive, and that's how I ended up here. You know, this is powerful because so many times that is the choice, and as much as I think we don't like to look at the polarities in life, that's sometimes what it is. It's like either you got to jump in and jump out there <laughs> or or that's it. You you just you know accept the circumstances that you're in and and let that govern your life. And you know I think in this situation when we talk about that sink or swim principle, that it it really uh, comes down to asking us. It's like the universe asking us a question: Are you going to take hold, or are you going to turn over your control? Yeah, definitely. In there, and I love that you brought up about your children, and that you were thinking about the example you were giving them and what you were teaching them. Because I've actually worked with clients on this many times, where they said, "Oh, you know, uh, because of the children, I can't do this or that." And I thought to myself. And I would tell them, I said, you know, but what are you actually teaching them? You're teaching them to sit there and take abuse. You're sitting there, you know, telling them this is okay to be treated this way if you stay in this situation. So I think that that's a – I'm really glad to hear you say that and to have that be an inspiration for you. Yeah, and you know what, Jesse? Children learn so much, not by what you say, you know, but more by by what you do, and and I am I used to be a teacher myself, so I taught children. But I have young children. I've got a son who's going to be four years old, and I hear him. I was in the car with him this morning, and I was talking to somebody, and I was trying to give my website to the person, and I heard my son for the first time said, www.avabrown.org. I was baffled because you don't realize that they learn by observation. It's not so much what you do, what you say, but what you do. And he must have heard me say that so many times or seen me on it. And, and we just have to be aware that we have an obligation to our children to ensure that we are leaving the right values and morals and passing on the right attitude to them. 
Yes, and I think that oftentimes they can be a, a big excuse for people why they don't do something or why they choose to stay in a situation as opposed to owning up and saying I'm uncomfortable and I'm scared and things like that. They just say, well, for the sake of the kids, I don't want to make a change. <laughs> but you're right, and especially at those young ages, they are taking everything in. We have to remember that I think even though our lives become very complicated, theirs are in many ways very simple. They don't have 20,000 things to put their attention on, like whether the bills are going to get paid or this obligation is met or that responsibility is taken care of. They're just observing. That's what their time is. And I'm glad you mentioned that sometimes a lot of people stay because of the children. I mean, I personally, um, and I'm going to talk about myself, I have a son who's four this month, and I was married to a father who was from from Africa. And the the marriage was really volatile, and it it was just unhealthy. And I remember that culturally, because of where he's from, a lot of people kept talking me into staying, and, you know, you can't do this because of your son. And I stayed for a while. And then one day the light bulb, you know, had a light bulb moment where I thought, I'm not happy. And my son will not be happy when he's older to know that I use him as an excuse to saying something so unhealthy. And you're right. Many times we we use our kids as the reason why we can't get up and change a situation, be it a job, a relationship, a lifestyle. But we need to look at it as what would be best for the child. If you were to change the situation, how how impacting, positively impacting could that have been for the child? I walked away from that situation, and my home is more harmonious. My son is much more settled, and I'm glad that, I, I'm glad that I've left. The only regret I have, I didn't leave sooner. So it's not an excuse to say because of the children we can't do it. I think sometimes we use that to hide behind our own fears of getting up and trying. I really agree with you. I think that many people, especially when they're in that type of situation as you've described, are they're tired, they're worn out, they're drained because there is this constant drain on their energy. And they're thinking, I just don't have the strength or I don't have the energy or I I can't pick up and leave. I've got jobs, I've got work, the kids are settled into school. And and when we get down to it, they are just excuses. And we think about these different things of, you know, sometimes we have to to weigh out all those different options, you know. Uh, Do you want your child to stay in something for the sake of staying the duration of it, or do you want your child to say, this is not a healthy situation, I need to get out and change and learn what healthy is? Because if they never see healthy, they're never going to tend to develop that in their own life, I would say. Um, You're definitely right. I think we have to think about what we're teaching them to do when they're older. And I think I didn't want my son to grow up thinking that a healthy relationship, you know, it was okay to shout at his at, at his wife or, you know, his girlfriend, or it was okay to be irresponsible. And that was what was being translated to him. 
I did not want my son to think that an argument meant you were shouting all the time or having a disagreement meant that you had to shout. And so I had to check myself, and I had to say, this is not what I want for my children. And I had to literally back away from that situation. Yeah, perfect. And, and uh, you know, when we think of it in terms of children, but it could also be, you know, a significant other that we need to think about what example do we want to give, as, as well as looking at that child and saying that child is representing a piece of us. And how are we going to treat ourselves as well? Um, we, we too often make those sacrifices. I, I wonder with you, because I know that you have been through these challenges, and I've been through some, quite a few challenges <laughs> as well in my life. And I think everybody has what is considered very challenging for them in life. But why do you think, you chose to face it. What made you say, darn it, I'm going to swim? I mean, obviously kids were one piece, but there had to be something inside of you that felt like whatever, there was something more or whatever it is that made you say, I'm going to face these obstacles instead of just drown here. Do you know what? You're right. I grew up in a very small district, we call it, like a village in Jamaica, And all around me, all I saw was girls getting pregnant, you know, um, going to the the, the farm. There was nothing more than just that kind of recreational activity of sex and having babies. And for some reason, don't ask me what it was, I don't know, because at the time I can't even remember having role models, especially in my district or my village. But I know that when I went to school and understood education enough, I knew that at school there were teachers who made me recognize that I wanted something different. Now, at the time, I didn't know what different was. I just knew that I did not want what the girls or the young people in my community had. And that drive and that need and desire and want to be different was what drove me initially. So I think that's where it was. There's a fire inside of me that said I wanted different. I wanted something else for myself. I didn't want this life. This, this, I found it boring and uninteresting and frustrating even. And as I, as I, as I ventured out of the community, I realized, that there was another life, and I wanted that life. And that's what it was. That's how the flame started for me, wanting something different from the norm. Do you get that? Yes, uh, absolutely. And and I can completely relate to that because, you know, I think in many cultures around the world, there is that, Pressure and, and most young girls are are thinking about only the day they get married and have children and have babies and that's their whole thought. There is no thought of education or careers or various other things or sparking a light in the world. <laughs> and I can relate because like you, I, I thought to myself, that's not the path I'm looking for. <laughs> that's not resonating with me. Um, 
And, and I think what a great example because you mentioned that it, there may have been a teacher that woke you up that there's something else out there, um, you know, that maybe served as a trigger to the fire that's already within. I think we all have that fire within us. A lot of people don't honor it because they don't want to be the one that steps out of the group and is different. Um, like the person who doesn't want to go do something on their own. You know, they don't want to go to the movies on their own or they don't want to go out to eat on their own or whatever it is. And But then, Jesse, how will you know? You know, I've come to recognize that you cannot, sometimes just not wanting to venture out is holding us back. Because sometimes if we just know what is out there waiting for us, if we would just jump. And that's the difference between a victor and, a, and and the people who play victim or the eagle and the chicken, you know. And that's how I look at it is those who, those who are prepared to venture out, those who are prepared to take the risk, those who are prepared to follow their dreams and find their purpose are the people who others sit to one side and say, but, but how did they do it? Why can't I? You know why you can't? Because you dare not try. You know, and I'm so glad that I took the opportunity and I took the risk and tried. And you're not always going to win when you try. But nothing beats a trial but a failure. Keep trying. And just, just start today. Whatever it is that you want to start, whatever it is that you want to do, just take the first step. Because once you take, the, that's the hardest part, taking the first step. The rest will follow. Just like when a baby is walking, first step, and before you know it, that baby is running across the room. And, and I, I really would implore everybody listening, as 2016 draws close, if there's something you need to try, start doing it today, tonight, tomorrow, this minute. Wouldn't you agree, Jesse? Absolutely, and and I love your your bringing up the example of a baby, because even though a baby sits there in the crib or sits there on the floor in the room, that baby somewhere says, "Hey, there's a lot more than this little space I'm in, <laughs> and you're not going to hold me back. I'm going to go crawl and figure it out. I'm going to crawl to the next room, and I'm going to go out that door. Um, you know, that door belongs to something else. I just know it." Um, and you brought up the piece that a lot of people are afraid of taking that first step. I, I agree with that. And you brought up a piece about um, you're not always going to win. And, and that, for me, is something important because I think so many people go out with that mentality of I'm trying to win something. And it's not about winning. It's about the experience, it's about the journey. It's about finding out what else is out there. Definitely. I think I think you're so right. I couldn't say it better myself. It's not always about winning. It's about the lessons learned. It's about the experience. It's about the people you meet on the journey. It's about... It's just about so much more than winning. It's about all the, the minerals you pick up on that journey. It's about the ideas you get. I, I have gone at so many things. I didn't, I didn't win the first time 
or the second time. I kept trying. But, the, 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 I mean, I met you through a process. You know, you meet some amazing people on the journey. Even if you don't win, focus on the things you learn along the way and the people you meet and the lessons learned that you can then go back to the drawing board and come up with a better strategy of how to attack something or how to approach a situation. It's not always about winning. It's about trying and getting the experience and at least say, you know what, I came out of my comfort zone. Because comfort zone is a nest that's going to take you nowhere. And a lot of people don't realize that. And I think that, too, um, you know, I think that, too, sometimes people, they just kind of get in those little stuck spaces. You know, like you say, they're comfortable in there. And, um, you know, to get out and explore, it's about saying, what does this opportunity have to give me? I've learned to shift my phrasing that way when I hit a challenge and say, okay, there's something I'm supposed to get from this challenge (laughs) in this venture. And it may not have been in my plans, but... It's here, it's in front of me, what can I get from this? Mm-hmm. And um, and then, as you say, it's it's kind of like, okay, take some time, regroup, and then let's go back out and venture some more and figure this mm-hmm. out. This, this avenue didn't work the way I wanted it to work, so how do I get it to work the way I want it to work um, mm-hmm. type of thing. You, you come from an area, as you say, that a lot of people did not venture beyond the village. A lot of people just stayed there. They kind of married within. They had their babies. They had their family. They accepted what was there. And I I think, too, the thing to keep in mind is just because somebody does choose to venture out, it doesn't make stepping out of what you have wrong. It just is about exploring something else. Would you say that's true or and it looks like Ava has dropped off a little bit there. I'm sure she'll be back here in just a moment on there. And for those that are just tuning in, we're talking with Ava Brown about overcoming obstacles and situations in our life. And um we're looking at how to overcome the excuses and situations in life, and she's certainly a person who has, could have created a lot of excuses in her life, <laughs> but didn't. But she chose to go on and have a great um, opportunity and experience for herself. She chose to venture beyond her village in Jamaica and to say, hey, this is not the lifestyle I'm interested in. You know, what else can we do? And it looks like I've got her back in here. Uh, I'm so sorry. We got disconnected. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> That's okay. I just talked for a little bit and, and kept I, I heard Jamaica and I thought, I thought she did a great job. You see, you are so amazing because you just kept, you, you see, that's the thing exactly. That's venturing. That's an example of venturing. This is not something we planned. We didn't expect to be disconnected. But you were thrown in the deep end. What do you do? You swim. You know, what happens? 
Right. And sometimes you flounder in those situations, but the more you take the the steps and you and you open the door and you look at what's on the other side of the door, um, the more comfortable you get with what life throws at you. I think that's part of it because people look at me and they think, wow, you've grown so much, but then I've been through a lot of challenges <laughs> and I'm still going through a lot of challenges in my life and people sit there and go, I don't know how you do it. And it's like I get up every day and I say, what can I do with what I have? And um, I think that that's a big piece. I don't just sit down and go, okay, well, my life is can't be any more than what it is or <laughs> this is all there's ever going to be. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just, you know, it's definitely that. So I, I think, too, Ava, in this process of venturing out, I was mentioning, you know, you you overcome because it would have been very easy, but you kind of beat a lot of odds because you, you didn't have a lot of resources and things to work with as you started to venture out. You had some real challenges to get your education, and okay. you've done very well with that. I mean, you're, you're beautifully expressed and beautifully spoken, um, to say the least. Um, Thank you. Uh, you come across quite elegant or eloquent, I guess is more the word. You know what, Jesse, it's really interesting, and I, I want to share with your listeners. I I didn't have much. You're right. We were really poor. Um, we grew up in a room, and it was one little room, like a not American-sized room, by the way. I'm talking about a London-sized room, I mean, average room, <laughs> double bedroom, because you Americans have huge houses. But we grew up in a very, you know, small room, and um, it was one room with adults and children. And we would use, uh, my mom used a piece of cord to cut across the room and put a sheet to separate it into, into two bedrooms. That's how I lived. But we were hungry a lot, and we didn't have a lot. And so at the age of 12, I was selling mangas um, on the train and in the shopping centers as opposed to going to school. And the most embarrassing part of it was I would sell mangas in the same community or district or town that I should be going to school in. Now I was mocked and I was jeered by my, 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 my colleagues at school, my, you know, my, my classmates. But if I didn't sell those mangas, we would not have food to eat sometimes. And then you touched on education. I left school without math or English, high school. And it was quite a struggle for me because I wanted to go to university. To, well, I ended up being a teacher, but I needed English. And I did not let that stop me either. <laughs> you know, I went to university and promised them that within my first year I would actually pass my English. And I, was, I had to sign an agreement that I would have passed my English. Now, if you allow me to say this, I grew up speaking what they call Patois, which is the local dialect in Jamaica. And so for a very long time, I, 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 I couldn't speak any English. It was just my, my local vernacular. And the moment I recognized that, you know what, the reason you're not passing English is because you're not practicing it. You know, once again, it's venturing out, taking the chance. 
So I stopped, literally stopped myself from speaking the, the local language and started speaking more English. I never always got it correct, but I started. And it goes back to the very first step is starting. So that's part of my educational journey. That's part of my childhood journey. And all of those put together are a culmination of the woman I am today. It's quite a journey. Wow. And and you talk about this um, in your book, by the way. Uh, Ava's got an autobiography out called Bamboo and Fern. And, um, you know, definitely you, you can check that out through her website, uh, with that. And, and it shares a lot more of her stories and, and what's happening in her life. And, and you mentioned the, the factor about practice. And, you know, if we practice something enough, if we want to learn it enough, we're going to do it. That's the way I look at it. Like if there's something you really want to do, you're going to carve that path. It's, it's not always going to be easy, but you're going to get there. And you seem to have this balance between blending here's what needs to be done, we need to eat <laughs> right now, and I'm going to make this work in my life. And I think that's almost kind of like a situation of priorities, you know, getting our priorities in order to say this is a bigger oh, yeah, priority definitely. than I'm playing today. Yeah, definitely, Jesse. I, I have learned, I have honed some skills selling mangas to survive. And, and some of the skills teach me that right now this is what I need to survive. This is survival. So I put my life even now into segments, you know, survival, urgency, you know, and I have little compartments in my life. And so I, I live it accordingly because that's how I've learned to cope. Now, it might not work for everybody, but it certainly works for me. Life is going to have a lot of balls to juggle, but we've got to put them in different segments, different compartments of priority, survival, you know, you know, all of those luxury and whatever else that we call, we call it. You know, my labels might be different from yours, but we've got to learn to prioritize our tasks, our lives, you know, our situations. Uh, it's, it's, it's for me, it's how it works for me. It might work differently for you, but it's fundamental that we understand the direction and what is most important. It, and I think that can be challenging for people at times just to figure out really what is the most important thing. You know, um, kind of like that decision you had to make to leave. Is it more important to do this or more important to do that? Is it more important to have a home or more important to get out of an abusive situation? You know, is it more important to follow the dream and take some of those chances or is it more important for me to have this stable work right now? Or, I mean, we face these types of things all the time. And, and I think one of the things that happens with people when they face these challenges and they're trying to do the, the prior to um, set their priorities in order is they start to get into a spiral thinking about everything. Yeah. And, and then they kind of go into that, that negative realm. How does someone change their mindset, especially when they're in that spiral place going, 
oh, my gosh, I don't know how to get out. <laughs> I'm in survival mode. I don't know how to get out of just survival mode. You know, Jesse, that's where people like you and I come in. That's where coaches come in and mentors and people to hold you accountable. But also that's where it's good to have masterminds. And, and I mean, I was coaching somebody today um, abroad in the Caribbean today with a similar situation. She just had so much going on in her head, and she just did not know how to, you know, put things in cluster or how to dovetail things and arrange what is most important. And I would say one of the easiest ways to do that is to get people to actually put down everything on paper, and then you work backwards, work with the, with the end in mind to some extent, so help them to decide well, not help them to decide. Let them decide through strategy that you will use as the coach to let them decide because they actually know the answers. It's just that sometimes it's just a bit too mixed up for them. So by putting things on paper, you, you will actually talk them through a process of order of priority. And it can be done. You know it can be done. You do it as yourself with your clients. I do it myself. It, it's good to see things on paper. Because sometimes when it's in your head, it looks very different from when it goes on paper. And when it's on paper, you actually work with someone, and they will decide through you guiding them, not you deciding for them, you guiding them as to what is most important to them. Now, it it also goes back to people's value system and some other factors in their lives. So say, for example, if I know I don't have a lot of money, but I want to go on holiday four times a year, what you would do as my coach is to help me recognize the rationale and the sensibility or a lack of it thereof of having a lot of debt, but I want to go on holiday four times a year. So you would help me realize that that is not a priority, but in fact paying my debts off is more of a priority. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And 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 you know, helping somebody find that balance between okay, you got to focus on paying your debt, so maybe you can do some free holidays. <laughs> you know, yeah. that don't cost you anything. Um in there and and helping them find that balance and I'm glad you brought that up for people to seek out a coach or a mastermind situation because so many times when we're in our head, we're spiraling so much that we can't see anything anymore. And it it takes that outside calm person who's maybe detached from the situation to shed some light and go, okay, I can see what's happening. You're so busy spinning, you're not seeing anything anymore, in a sense. Um and and putting it on paper, I like that because it's like it's like if you were going to sit down and take a trip someplace, you know, you don't just plan it all in your head and it's done. You sit down, you open up the map, and you go, great, here's where I'm starting, here's where I'm trying to get to, and there's a lot of different directions I could go. And, you know, if my priority right now is how much it's going to cost, then I need to take the most direct route. If my priority is, you know, seeing a lot of scenery, <laughs> then I can take this other route. Um, yeah. If you don't just plan that all in your head, you need to sit down and look at the map. And, and so putting these things on paper, I think, is like doing that. 
And I think sometimes when, I mean, I'm sitting here looking. <laughs> I wish you could see this. I'm looking at my relationship board that I did last week. Um, and in my head, I had the idea of, you know, my love board and my relationship board and what I wanted to look like. And then I thought, but I need to see it on paper. And so as I started putting it on paper, it all unraveled into, uh, it went into, a, it, it was all in front of me because sometimes, I'm saying this to say that sometimes when it's all in your head, when you put it on paper, you're actually faced with the reality. And sometimes it jars you into place. So it's always good to put things down. It's always good to connect your eyes with what's going on in your head. And sometimes that alone helps you think, hold on a minute here. I need to do this, this, this. Because you have nowhere to escape. It's right in front of you. You've got to face it. And that's why I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for putting things on paper. But then again, I write, right? So <laughs> that's probably just natural. But I think putting things on paper, it's so fundamental in helping to guide your life and where you want to go and, and, and having you confront realistically, head on, all the things that you actually need to deal with. Because very often when they're in our heads, we can hide away from them to a point. But sometimes putting it on paper literally brings it to life for us. And the reality is sometimes much more daunting than when it's in our heads. I, I agree. And I think that when we get it out on paper, whether that is a vision board or writing it out or whatever it is for somebody, we can, we can see it. We can get a better perspective of it. But for me, if I put it out on paper and actually get it out of my head and put it where my eyes can see it, as you say, uh, then it's much easier for me to tell how feasible it is and the steps that I need to take. And it is much easier for me to see the gaps in my thinking um, and to put the pieces together. Because it always looks different when it gets out <laughs> than yes, when it's it in my head. You know, it's like the way I like to vision myself with my eyes closed is not the same way I look when I look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> you know, I can fly in my head, but I'm not flying <laughs> in front of the mirror. So, no. um, so I think it kind of makes that, it helps to make the connection. It makes it more tangible, more real. And sometimes I know when I've done that, I find out, that it's either going to be easier than I thought it was going to be or it's going to be more challenging. And when I see that yeah. it's more challenging, I then can really decide, is this where I want to put my energy? I realize if I go this direction, it's going to take A, B, and C to go this direction, and is that what I really want to do? So it, it kind of makes it real in a sense. It does. It, it, it actually... Uh, I've I've had clients who shot them into place, you know, it's just jolted them because I was dealing with one client recently and, um, you know, she just gotten a divorce, she just walked out of her relationship, she incurred a lot of bills, but she did not want to confront how much debt she was in. And so we sat down and um, whilst I'm not a financial coach, I was looking at her life in general and we had to put down on paper all Oh, I said, you have to come clean. 
And when she saw how much she was owing, she nearly, nearly collapsed because in her head she's thinking, oh, it's a few thousand. But when we, we put it on paper, it was much more than she had expected. And it really put her life into perspective because she wanted to get credit, she wanted to buy a new house, and she then realized that she now needed to start working on rebuilding the credit first. But how can you rebuild what you don't know how much is owing? So sometimes it jolts us into shape. I've had that experience myself where it's just jolted me into shape. And I love putting things on paper because, for me, it, it, it's, it's there. It shows me that I need to take action. I need to take action now. Right. Very well put. And, and we oftentimes fall into those traps of hearing, it's only $25 a month on your credit card. <laughs> but, you know, that, that $100 item rapidly has become $400. Yes, definitely. <laughs> By the time you pay it off, right? So it's yes. a, you know, it does shift you around, like, you know, imagine what you could do, you know, if you want that dream of having that house, then we need to clean this up, and then you'll have this money free to put to it. And And I think that two people don't always think through how much they need. I mean, buying a house is a great example. You, you buy a house and, you know, you think, oh, well, I've got it's a house payment, and you're forgetting that you've got all the utilities and you've got all the, oh, and the, the furniture and everything else. The yard and the, the sudden unexpected uh, loss of water heaters in the middle of winter. <laughs> uh, if you, and if you're buying in London, Jesse, it's just crazy because house prices are, I was talking to a friend tonight in the U.S., and we're talking about the cost of a small flat, two-bedroom, which is like 275000 I mean, that's nearly 400000 U.S. dollars, right? So you have to look at the cost of, of the house, where you're buying the house. You've got to look at, you know, when you buy the house, it needs furniture, it needs, you know, carpet, it needs all of those other things. And even buying a house is something to put on paper, isn't it? But you need to flesh out all of the details. You can't just live in an empty house. And and most people don't get that. They don't get the details. And there again, that's where somebody like yourself or myself comes in and says, here's all the extra details you got to think about. <laughs> With, yeah. You know, having a kid isn't just, you know, hey, I've got a little buddy running around. You know, you've got diaper expenses and school expenses and back to clothes, back to school expenses and, you know, pencils and papers and food. and <laughs> It's more than that. A lot having things. a child is permanent. It's so permanent. <laughs> it's permanent. Yeah, like, yeah, it's exactly a permanent, permanent. It is permanent. It's a per- I'm telling you, trust me, guys, I've got two. I've got a 17-year-old and a 4-year-old, and I'm telling you, it's permanent. <laughs> <laughs> You've got no escape there. So not even the bills compared to the permanency, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I had, to, I had to get that one in. It's permanent, yeah? Absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, dear, yes. So, you know, I, I imagine, too, if people start to go through some of this process with you, Ava, getting things out on paper, because I've, I've seen it happen, too, with clients. They start to look at it on paper, and all of a sudden, bam, they hit a wall of overwhelm. The blocks come up. The excuses come up. It's like, how did this happen to me? (laughs) And there's no way I can get out of this. 
um, you know, it, it, sometimes that, that just hits them like a ton of bricks and it's like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, I'm just, I can't move. I'm stuck. I'll never be able to get that house. I'll never be able to take that trip. I'll never be able to get back on the road and tour, tour full time or like that. Um, how do you, you know, what does somebody need to do to, to remove those blockages? Or And, and I, I got two parts of that. You know, what do they need to do to remove the blockages and how are those blockages created? Okay, three parts. <laughs> and what keeps So let, let's take the first one first. How do they remove those blockages, yeah? Yeah. The first thing is nothing is, is a write-off. Nothing is it. Nothing. So no matter how dire the situation looks, I mean, I've hit rock bottom in several different aspects of my life more than once, and I've been there where I think, oh my God, this is not. It's, it's impossible. That's the end of the world and the end of life. But the first thing you've got to think about is that honestly, nothing is impossible. I know it's very easy to say off my tongue because I'm I'm not at that place where I think no storm that comes my way I cannot handle. But it takes a while to get there. But I want you to start thinking that, you know what, no matter how bad it is, there is a solution. And it's not cliche, it's reality. No matter how dire something looks, no matter how impossible it looks, there is a solution. And... I've I've seen it. I've seen it so much, so many times. I I just I repeat it and I live it and I see it in my clients and I see it in my friends and just life in general. Regard. Think about when somebody dies, for example. Of course, the family is sad, and of course, you know. And I'm not being insensitive that there's anybody who's going through, you know, who's mourning. Not being insensitive. My condolences. But when we lose loved ones, which I have experienced personally very closely. In that moment, we feel like our world's end because we love them and we miss them and we're not going to see them in that moment. But gradually, we find ways of coming out of that rubble and we cope. It doesn't mean that we forget them, but the pain is not as bad because we find a strategy to cope and we recognize, we come to the place where we realize, not instantaneously, but we realize that it's not the end of the world. I don't know if that's the best analogy, but it's the quickest one that came to my mind. But we have to start realizing that nothing is so difficult that we can't solve it. That's the first thing. The second part of the question was? And and I want to say on that, I'm glad that you, you mentioned that because we may need to do some things we don't like or we don't enjoy or we would prefer not to do along the way, but it's not the end of the world. And, uh, you know, and nothing is permanent. It's going to change one way or another (laughs) for you. It is. I think the only difference is that, you know, are you going to be proactive in the direction it goes and, you know, help it go towards the direction that you'd like. Um, The next part would be how are blockages created? I I think blockages are created in in various ways. I think a lot of it is environmental. 
Um, and and, and I, I, I tell you what I think. I think the way you're brought up. For example, myself, I was brought up in a way that, you know, everything was negative. You know, everything bad happens to you. Everything, nothing is going to become of you. I grew up in that kind of environment where that's what I heard. That's what I absorbed. That's what I, I, I heard people say to children. And so after a while, you started believing that. I also think a lot of it is experience. So, you know, you, you've had a bad... Uh, today we were talking, my friend and I were talking, and she was saying to me this morning, not because you have a bad relationship in your life means that you must go around thinking that every man is bad in your life. But what is the reality? Most times we end relationships and they end badly. We tend to think that there is no, there's not a good man or a good woman left, for example, because it's our experience. And so I think the two main things I would put it down to, and I'm sure there are more, so this is not extensive, but I would think environment and experiences are some of the major factors or the two major factors in my mind that, that cause us to have that negative mindset. I mean, I don't know if you want to add anything else to that in terms of what else you think contributes to that, but those are the two main factors I think the two E's, environment and experience. And, you know, it's good for us to understand the causes, and then that's kind of where it steps in and says, okay, but just because you've been in these situations or your environment or your experiences haven't been favorable doesn't mean we can't change it around. Matter of fact, I just told somebody that, I think it was yesterday, I said, you know what, I have been through this pattern that I'm going through so many times, <laughs> and I am so done with this pattern, I don't care what it takes, I am breaking it once and for all, because I have yes, got yes. to get through this pattern. And, you know, lo and behold, if today wasn't a whole nother story, and that pattern started to change. And um you know it was really it was really interesting to see that and that's where we can step in and say well i can i can use these things as excuses and not do anything and continue to live in something that i'm not happy or i can say okay i'm going to make a shift and i'm going to try again and um and say, okay, yeah, I, maybe I don't have great luck in relationships, but what do I need to shift and change? And I guess I always come back to me, what do I need to do yeah. to make it different? And that could be as simple as saying, you know what, I'm really happy on my own, but, you know, I'm open to a relationship, but I'm not interested in relationships that are going to do this. <laughs> do you know what, Jesse, I, I'm glad you just said mm-hmm. that, that the power of the tongue is so, you know, we underestimate the power of the tongue, the most important, or not important, the, one of the most powerful organs of the body is the, is the tongue, followed for me by the mind. Now, you have to have a mindset shift, a mindset shift. So, for example, when my last marriage ended, I thought my world crashed. Not that it was a great marriage, don't get me wrong. But I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to be on my own. 
I missed, I mean, London is quite cold that winter time, and I missed that companionship, whatever existed between, and I also missed having a male company. But then I had to get to that point where I had to come out of that below, and I recognized that I, I had a whole future ahead of me. It didn't happen instantly, but I had to change my mindset. I had to change how I saw the situation. I had to tell myself, and I had to talk to myself, and I had to tell myself that, Ava, you know what? Relationships are like cars. <laughs> it's my analogy. A better one will always come out. And I'm at the place now where I am so ready to love. I'm open to love. I am preparing myself for love. And I have a vision board of what the love that I want next time should look like. Because before this last marriage, I just went into it. You know, sometimes you just carry it. This time I have a very, very focused idea of what I don't want and what I want. However, I focus on what I want most of the time, if not all of the time. I'm just focused purely on what I want. We have to get our minds aligned with our desires and needs and wants. It's very, very important. And like you said, you today things started shifting for you because you said it and you started perceiving it and you started bringing it into your space and alignment. It's so important, Jesse. It's really, really important that people understand the power of their mind and their tongue. I I really agree because the experience we're having, I think, is so connected to that. You know, I can sit there and, and go, oh, my gosh, everybody's being mean to me. <laughs> and I don't want to be here and I don't want to be in this situation. Or I can say, you know what, this may not be the most pleasant situation to go through. However, it's still up to me whether I'm going to be happy or not. Um, Definitely. You know, if people don't want to talk to me, that's okay. They don't have to talk to me. If they want to go off and do their own little thing and be in their own little clip, that's their business. But you know what? I'm not going to let that bring me down if I'm not included in that. I'm going to choose to be happy, period. I, I, I really, I've, I've passed the stage where, and I used to be like that, I've passed the stage where I worry about what people say so much. Um, there are a few people in my life who matter, and so their opinions matter to me. And I, I will listen to them. It doesn't mean I always say, take what they say, but I listen to them because I respect them and I respect their opinions. But we also have to get to the place where we're going to enjoy our own company and ourselves. And when you love, appreciate, and fall in love with you, then you know what? I listen, it takes a lot to phase you, and it took me 30 years to get to that place where nothing really phases me much anymore because I'm in love with Ava Brown, and, you know, it, it takes a while to get there, and I'm not going to let anybody shatter that. It, it took me a while to get there, too. <laughs> a, few, a few decades. <laughs> Well, so uh, you know, but uh, I, I agree. It it does to that point, and I think one of the pieces I've learned along the way with this is 
to say, okay, if it's getting to me, I need to step back and observe more because there's something I'm not seeing. If I was seeing everything, I wouldn't be reacting in this situation. Um, and, and again, coming back to what am I going to do with this? You know, am I going to keep repeating this pattern or am I going to be different this time? And and it's interesting because that kind of comes back full circle to where you were saying originally, you made that choice when you were young, I want something different. And I think if we can, you know, we've been so programmed to to go with the crowd and what does the crowd think and how does our peers see us and how does the world see us, instead of just saying, I want to do different. <laughs> I just want to be me. And and getting comfortable with different, I think, is um, has been very useful for me. I I love that. I have I have a concept now that the only way to disrupt a market is to be different. It's actually, you know, I, I learned that in a marketing strategy, and I try to do that in so many aspects of my life. I don't want to be the same. I don't want to be norm. I don't want to be normal. I don't mind being different. And I don't mind claiming and desiring difference for myself. I, I don't want I was I was with my coach this week. I have an American coach, Alison Bird, if you're listening, awesome stuff. I have an American coach who is out of Lisa Nichols camp, so she used to work with Lisa Nichols, Alison Bird. And um we were planning something this week in my VIP session and we were looking at it and I said to her, You know what? I like this because it's different. I like this because everybody does that. And she said to me, Ava, you know what? I love the fact that you've chosen that. I was hoping you chose that, but I had to make you choose. It is going to be different, and the best way to disrupt a market is to be different. And so that product I'm creating with her is different because I don't want to do everybody. And, and, and it's so important that you know your own individuality because when you know who you are, then nobody can, can 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 change that for you. Individuality is important. Claiming your own self, your vulnerability, all of you is so important on this journey of everything, of achieving, of breaking down barriers, of overcoming obstacles. If you are not firmly grounded in who you are, then it's going to be a real uphill task for you. And I really want people to take that on board. You know, it's fundamental. And, you know, I always like to say, you're here to do your piece, not everybody else's piece. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're here to bring your piece out. And that's what I've loved with the code interpretation work that I do is because it connects people with their piece. And, you know, it's it's not it's not about them repeating what everybody else is doing. It's about saying, this is how I function in the world. This is how I connect with things in the world. This is what flows for me. And and I think that that's very, very important for that difference. I think, I think that's great. Um, and I imagine maybe this is part of um, what keeps people stuck in their blockages is maybe a fear of, of being different, of embracing that. Individual piece because mm-hmm. they have to stand on their own. Or I think what are your so. thoughts? I, think, I I really think so. I think 
we've we've lived we we live in such a copycat culture to a point, you know, copy alt you know, copy alt space or whatever that we are afraid to venture out and you know, being individuals. We're unique, all of us. Jesse I could never be Jesse. There's one of you, there's one of me. And there are so many talents and things inside of me that if I were to take the chance and the risk to just bring them out, then the world would be so much more harmonious because we would all just be ourselves rather than trying to be John, Jane, and, and Jennifer or, you know, you know, somebody else. So we need to learn to just be ourselves and just let out what the talents that we are given you know, inside of us, let it come out. Let us, let us just be authentic, be ourselves. And, you know, yourself is not myself. Let's embrace each other's differences and what makes us unique. But stop being afraid to just be authentic. And just be who you are is so important because I find that when we're authentic, we live much more fulfilled and, and happy lives. And, and we need to... You know, our piece makes up part of the puzzle. So if we're not being our piece, the puzzle never gets completed. <laughs> exactly. The There's always going to be something missing there. And we all feel that since we're connected, I think. And my experience certainly, uh, you know, as I reflect on my younger years of doing things based on what I thought I was supposed to be doing, and, you know, I was never happy if I tried to be somebody else or something else. Mm. But as soon as I got focused on what was me, I was always happy, no matter whether I had a lot of money or didn't have a lot of money. didn't seem to matter. If I was being me, I was happy. Isn't that beautiful? Just being yourself makes you happy. And more of us would be happier if we're just being ourselves. And I've had situations like you. I've hit rock bottom numerous times. But I've also had situations where I, um, uh, you know, had a very good life going on at different points. And I wasn't happy because I was constantly in maybe like a protocol role. I had to behave a certain way, be a certain way, meet somebody else's standards or meet how they thought I should act. And, you know, of course that situation dissolved. And I think that that is maybe a key and maybe you can shed some light on this, that if something is dissolving in our lives, it very well may be because we're not able to really be ourselves in that situation. Oh, yeah. I I totally agree with that. I think that when things are not properly aligned and they're not part of, they're not meant to be in our lives, they are going to, they're going to dissipate anyway. I really believe that. And I think that when we see things dissolving or people, I use people a lot, when people start removing themselves or, you know, spirit, light, whatever you call it, God, start moving certain people away from us, Sometimes you just need to let them go because they are leaving for a reason. They're leaving so that you can shine and the sun rays can come out. Because sometimes certain situations and people block 
you know, the sunshine in your life. And they block you being your fullest potential. And I've seen it happen too often. And so when I don't force issues anymore. I don't force situations anymore. I used to force them. Nowadays, I sit back and allow things to take its natural course. And sometimes the human part of me wants to say, no, 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 no. But then I said, Ava, stop. Just sit back and watch it happen. And just like you know too well, when you do this, sometimes the results alarm you. And in the moment, you cannot see it all the time. But in a few months or a few years' time, you think, ah, that's what was happening. That cleansing was happening. Or that alignment was happening. And so I have learned now to just sit back and allow things to take a natural flow. Wherever the currents go, it's okay. That's where it's meant to, to go. I no longer try to, to fight the waves. I, I swim into them, if you know what I mean. Yes. I've had to learn to shut my mouth. <laughs> oh, God, things. tell me about that one. <laughs> I, I used to always speak up, boy, I've got to get the just point in. I've got to, you know, have justice served in this situation. I've got to bring this to light so that people can see it and do something about it. And, uh, boy, I've had to learn to just shut my mouth because, it's, you know, it's like kids. One day they're arguing and the next day they're back to being big best mm. friends. And the second you say something, boy, that's that's just going to come back and bite you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, keeping my mouth shut has been a big one for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a learning process. I mean, I, I I sometimes find myself an activist as well. In, 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 that's the best description I have. But there are times when I've just learned to just sit back and watch what happens, watch things unfold. It's not always easy, but I'm learning. It's a learning process. Yeah, I I so agree. And and that doesn't stop no matter how evolved you get, by the way, <laughs> for those that are listening out there. <laughs> you know, just, just it's because part of you've been on your yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got family heritage. I've been on my path pretty much all my life. But, it, it, yeah, you're always learning. <laughs> yeah, you're always so learning. We're evolving every day. Yeah. Every day. Boy, I, I get that big time. I'm, You know, sometimes I think the more I'm evolving, the more I'm evolving. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm going to steal that one. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess that I, I find out how much more I'm evolving every time I evolve. So, and and not hmm. just that I'm open, but it's you know there's just so much happening. I think at times. So, let's let's delve into a little bit because let's say you know there's people out there and they're and and we're, this is going to move us a little more towards the excuses range, and I want to get into that too, your solution for that, but. You know, somebody says, okay, you know, I, I've got this blockage. I'm interested in getting past it. I want my life to be different, Ava. I I, I want to change. I want to be back out touring again. <laughs> Full time. Yeah. Not, not getting, this year I keep getting planted for like two months at a time someplace. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, I need to get past this. But um, somebody comes to you and they says, you know, but don't have, the money to create my passion. I can't afford to go get 
education or training for things. And, you know, what do I do here? How how do I get past these circumstances? You know, uh, I don't, I don't feel like I have the resources or what I need. So how do I do it? I mean, I know it's the first step thing, but how does somebody get past those circumstantial concerns? You know what? You know what? It's interesting you asked me that. And and today I opened my LinkedIn profile and I had a message from a young lady in Jamaica who contacted me about seven, eight months ago and said she wanted to go to she wanted to do her masters and you know yada 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 and she didn't know where to, how to go about it she couldn't afford it and I said to her I want you to take away the word I can't afford it I, I always go back to the power of the tongue and she said yeah but I can't so I gave her some coaching and it was free and I gave her some tools and I said to her there's always everything we need Jesse everything we need is there. I really believe that. I believe that everything we desire and want and we need is there. We just need to know how to tap into it and how to get it. And so I told her to go and look for scholarships, go and do this, go and do that, because not because you can't afford something financially now, right now from your own pocket, doesn't mean that the resources are not there. Anyway, that was seven months ago. I got an email this morning. Hi, Ava. It's on my Facebook page. I paste it there. Hi, Ava. Thank you so much. September, I'll be starting University of Beaumont in London doing my master's. She got it. Now, her situation hasn't changed. She still hasn't got any money, but she got the mindset shift, and she went looking for scholarships. She got a full scholarship, everything paid for. Sometimes the reason we can't get things, although we don't have the finances, is because of how we think. If you want to do something and you don't have the money, there's always a way they're always, let's say you want to start a business. There's always a chamber of commerce. There's always places you can go and get free advice and, you know, get stuff done. But if you need to take the word I can't out of it and I don't have out of it, and then look at what is available to you. So rather than saying I want to start a business but I don't have the money, why not start thinking and saying it? As I, I stand up in my mirror every day and I affirm I'm, I'm, I'm great, I'm amazing, people will listen to me, I'm, you know, Rather than saying, I don't have the money, what about, I'd love to start a business, and I would love to know where to start looking for help and resources. Because that's a different thought process, isn't it? Yes. It's a very different thought process. And this is big. This shift of perception, this shifting of the mind is huge. Because sometimes, here again, we're programmed that you have to have money to go to college. You have to have money to do this. You know, the reality of it is you don't have to have money. Um, You know, I don't have to have money to tour. It certainly would make my touring more comfortable. (laughs) But I could get out there on foot and tour that way, uh, you know, and and not have some of the things I have. Um, You know, it's all... It's all choices. Sometimes it's just taking it in a smaller chunk, I think. Um, When I had to come back to Sioux Falls, South Dakota for a while, and I said, well, 
am I just going to stop doing things then? You know, am I going to stop traveling out places? I said, no. I set myself up in a way that said, okay, maybe you're not going to tour full time constantly, but you're going to have this little base now, and now you'll just you'll go out on the weekends to what you can get to on the weekend and go do of something. Of course. Do you know what? You don't have to have – I went to college, believe it or not, and if you read my book, you'll see that. I went to college with not even having the money to pay the school fee. <laughs> and I, I went to college. I went to college because somebody said – I'm going to send you. I went to college by somebody, believing in somebody's words. I believed him. The Honorable Ambassador Birchall Whiteman said, go to college and tell them I sent you. Now, I took those words. As a 16-year-old child, I took his words, and that's how I got into college. It wasn't as straightforward as that, but... The fact that I believe his positive words took me there. You don't have to have money to do everything. There are so many other ways. You can leverage. You can, you, can, you, can, you can do so many other things. But the first thing you've got to do is to set your mind properly. Because in, it doesn't matter how much help you get in, and resources you get. If your mind is not set properly... You're going you're gonna to slip back into thinking, I can't, I'm not able to, I don't have. So you've got to have that abundant mindset, abundant mindset. Um, we're doing, I'm part of this, um, uh, you probably can Google it, it's www.stormmindset.com. We're about to launch, and I'm part of that, I'm so proud to be part of that company. It's called the Storm Mindset. And what we're really saying to people is, we are presenting an anthology of people who've been through a lot of storms, ordinary people, to show you how they've come out of the storms. You see, you don't have to have a lot of anything to get what you want. The one thing you need, however, is the right mindset. The right mindset yes. will take you anywhere. I, you know, I'm so glad that you brought that up because so many people get convinced that, well, it's only a few hundred dollars or it's only a few bits. Well, when you're wondering where your next meal is coming from, a few hundred dollars is a heck of a lot. And, uh, you know, that that little shift of, uh, it's just powerful. It's just powerful and it's just amazing. And, uh you know, sometimes that journey that it leads you down is so incredible. Um, you know, it's not always about how to get there the fastest. It's about do you want to go there? Yeah. Um, and I think, Jesse, we, we, we cannot forget to give gratitude. I, I think for me personally, gratitude is such a big part of my life. I am grateful for even my struggles. I'm grateful for the hardships. I'm grateful for the hard times. I'm grateful for every little thing. I'm grateful for every connection. I'm grateful for everything in my life. Because if you can't be grateful for the things you have now, the small things you have now, how are you going to be grateful for the bigger things? How will the bigger things come to you? So even
even the idea of wanting to start a business, you should be grateful that that idea has been sown in your heart. And then you, you are going to germinate that seed through your actions. But your mind shift has got to be the right way. It's important your mindset is correct. And a positive mindset can take you anywhere. This is the, the gratitude, the gratefulness. Um, and, and, and sometimes before some of what we're trying to achieve happens to us, what we really need to do is to develop the skills of how to handle that before we get it. And those mm-hmm. skills are not money-related. They're skills. They're part mm-hmm. of us, a part of who we are. Like you say, if somebody has not learned to handle their finances, then they could receive a billion, $10 billion, $20 billion. And it's not going to make any difference because they're going to be broken a week or two. Mm-hmm. You're correct. Because they you know, haven't... My pastor would say in church, um, you know, we want God to bless us with a lot of money, but the little money we have now, how do, how do we how do we look after it? You know, the same thing you've just said. You know, if I if you're a banker and I come to your bank and you I can't trust you to keep my ten thousand pounds because you've mismanaged it. How am I going to trust you with my million if I have it? You know, so it's it's those little things and. We don't realize how important being grateful for the small things we have is. Um, I think most of us would have had more opportunities, more abundance if we were grateful. And we've got to start practicing gratitude because it's, you know, just giving gratitude because it's so important. Well, and I, I, you know, I believe that part of the reason the world is in the state that it's in is because we aren't giving enough gratitude for what we have. We take so much for granted, and you know, people people just assume the next meal is always going to be there. The the check is always going to be coming in, and um, you know, we we don't live we don't live in a lot of freedom, even in a free country. <laughs> we don't live in a lot of freedom because we tie ourselves to these debts and these other things. And and those things end up controlling our life and locking us in, I think, to these spirals and the camps and the disappointments instead of saying, I'm going to give myself freedom first. And yeah. from there, I am ready for, for anything. Um, this is just beautiful. And, and I really want to mention, um, you know, your key thing being mindset here. But I also want to mention to people that you've got two books out. You've got your autobiography, which is Bamboo and Fern, and then you have yes. Musings and Thoughts of Ava Brown. And I do. Yeah. Two powerful And this weekend, I'm about to release, as a matter of fact, um, I'm about to release 30 Steps to a More Fulfilled Life um, this weekend. So um, if anybody wants to get that, they can drop me an email. It's, it's going to be really, it's, it's a special this weekend, so I'm going to release it on Sunday. So it's info at avabrown.org. If anybody listens to the, the program and you want to put in code as your, you know, code as your subject and drop me an email, um, you can get that for as little as 99 pence, but you have to email me, um, info at avabrown.org. And my new book is the 
30 Steps to a More Fulfilled Life. That's coming out this weekend. Perfect. And you also have something going on, I believe it's in October in San Diego, California. The San Diego, California one has been postponed. Um, however, if you want to join me, I'm in St. Kitts and Nevis. Oh, that's going to be beautiful weather. On the 3rd to the 5th of December, I'll be speaking there at the beautiful, beautiful St. Kitts Marriott Hotel. Um, the, the event is on Eventbrite, and once again, if anybody wants to email me about that, it's info at avabrown.org. It's a women's conference where we're going to show you how to, to literally release everything for 2015. Um, the conference tickets are at $300, I think, at the moment, so they're really, really on discount. And it will be great to come and, you know, have discussion and network and, and just enjoy the Caribbean weather as well. So that's the sec- 3rd to 5th of December in St. Kitts. Um, details can be found. You can connect with me on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm everywhere. It's Ava Brown. And... Um, Jesse also knows how to find me. <laughs> Perfect. I love that you have these different places that people can connect, and I love that you travel out of your own region so that people who don't always have that ability to travel internationally um, have those opportunities to connect with you. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I think that that's important. And then do you have anything else going on online? I mean, you've got um, your services, your coaching services. I've got a lot. Yeah, I do. I've just launched, um, it's it's a one-time only, um, a four-week course, and it's not online yet, I mean, because I normally email people, and and I don't just take everybody on it. But I'm doing a four weeks, and it's, it's, it's right behind your computer, so you've got no excuse four-week session, group session, where we're basically helping you to crack the mindset um, and prepare yourself for 2015. You know, I tell people, Jesse, I'm not teaching a textbook story. I'm teaching the Ava Brown life story, what has worked for me. I'm the little girl from Jamaica who was not meant to be having this conversation. But I made a choice. I made a decision that I was going to change my life. I don't matter. I don't care what your situation is. Join my program and let's talk about it. I can guarantee you, you can move from where you are and get into line for where you want to be. So if you want to be on that course, it's a four-week group session. Um, it's info at avabrown.org. And once again, the code, the, the, the subject needs to be code, so I know it came through Jesse. Special offer for this program. Um, I've got you know my one-on-one coaching programs, which I do all the time. And I'm a writing coach as well. So if you have a story inside of you that you want to get out, I'd be more than happy to help you. But, you know, if you just want to talk to me as well, you know, drop me an email. Let's have a conversation. I'm quite, I have an open surgery because I think sometimes just a conversation could lead anywhere. So I've got a course that I'm running a program for setting up yourself for 2016, evaluating 2015, where you are, where you want to be. But make connection. Connect with me. And I'd love to talk to you because there's so much more that I have going on. Um, I'm speaking here in London, um, but you're too far away. I've got some international gigs next year. Um, I'm going to be on TV in the U.S. very soon. I can't say what yet, but watch this space. And um, lots more going on. Just join my mailing list. Keep in touch. Follow me on Twitter. 
and you see what I get up to. Perfect. And, you know, these are such wonderful things, and I love people that come from these real-life experiences like you. Um, you There's enough people out there (laughs) that say just do this and just do that. Here on Code Connection, you know, it's really about people who are coded to the work that they're doing and who are open to bringing and, and, and facilitating people and their processes um, beyond where they've been and uh, really helping people to, to get into some of that core work that is them, not the cookie cutter that is the one size fits all, but them. And, and I love having people like you in my realm so that as people do unfold what is happening in their code patterns, they can go to you and they can say, Ava, Jesse told me (laughs) I have these things going on in my code and it makes total sense now. Help me get past it, you know, or help me get rid of this excuse or things like that. So, um, you know, you're you're just a beautiful, I can tell, just a beautiful soul, even though I haven't met you in person. Um, we will meet. I think we're going to do some work together. You never know. It, it definitely could be. Definitely could be. That's that's what I love about my work is that it connects with so many other people's work. You know, it gives the foundations, and then people can can go explore, you know, all, all the other opportunities out there uh, for what works for them. Uh, but, you know, really a gift to have you on the show. What would you like to leave all of the listeners with today? You know, what would you like them to take away from this? First and foremost, I just want to thank you all for letting me into your space. And I'm really delighted to have you in my space because I don't take this for granted. Um, you know, for those of you who are listening and those who listen to the replay, I know it takes your valuable time. So Jesse and I really appreciate you having us in your space. I want to say to you that your past or your current situation does not determine your altitude. You see, the word impossible says I am possible. And I want you to understand that the only person that can stop your progress, your growth, you walking into the life you need, desire, and want to have is yourself. And the way you do that is with your mindset. So I want to implore you that as the year comes to a close, you take that very important step to start thinking of the language you use, the words you use, replace the negative words with positive words. And if you practice that on a daily basis, watch and see how your life will change. And in everything you do, be grateful, because we have got so much to be grateful for. It's Ava Brown saying, thank you so much for having me. That was really beautiful. <laughs> Very thank beautifully said that. And I, I always love that piece, that your past and your present doesn't have to dictate your future. It's always a choice. And... Uh, you know, just as I've shared as well today, you have to make that choice to say, you know, I'm not going down this pattern again. <laughs> I see where this is going, and I'm not going there. I've been there, and I know it's not where I want to be. 
Um, so thank you so much for your time. And you're absolutely right, Ava. I don't take any of this for granted. I know I oftentimes come across just, you know, full of life and spark and enthusiasm. Cher and I am full of all of that. But I have had to face letting go of things many times along my path and having to come back. And um, what a gift to come back with you. And that's part of your journey. Don't knock it. Embrace it. Everything that happens is part of your journey. It's what you learn from it that's important. And, And even if you have a code pattern where, you know, things are constantly having to be restarted again and you have to and that's part of your patterning then there's ways to work with that to open up and, and keep it transforming to, to different scales instead of having to completely restart over and over again. So I so appreciate your time today because I, I understand the value of time <laughs> tremendously and your energy and your light that you shared and shed on the show today. I, I thank you for having me, Jesse. It really means a lot. Appreciate it. And from my home to yours, from my home in London to yours in the U.S., I say thank you for having me, and we'll speak soon. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Thank you. And, You're welcome. Uh, you know, as we move forward into next week, um, as I mentioned kind of back at the beginning of the show, uh, I'm going to have C.J. Monzek with me, and this is our musical guest that is preceding us going into the autumn equinox here. And he is going to be discussing his music using a champion steel halo, a sea folk handpan, a Syrah handpan, and learning about a spiritual path as a spiritual counselor, a chakra clearing, and shamanic energy healing work that he does. So it's going to be a very interesting show. He's a very interesting person. And I have to say he's not a person that does interviews normally, so I'm really, really blessed to be having him on this show. Um, And he's somebody I actually met when I was uh, hanging out in the four cities, uh, quad cities area, uh, which overlaps Illinois and Iowa and uh, several states all at once, and um, I was out at a little farmer's market there, and he was sitting down playing. (laughs) So he is really an interesting person to get to know, and I had no idea how much he had in his background um, until I I picked up his card and started looking at his work a little bit more. But I knew knew there was a connection there. I do have events up for my True North tour. Uh, I have two weeks that I'm going to be touring around this fall in October, and I'll be going to Pottstown, Pennsylvania, Fairfax, Virginia, and Westford, Massachusetts. So you can catch me at venues there. You may have remembered Jim and Ashley Cash, who were uh, on the show with me as Woven Green for the spring equinox, and I will be connecting with them and doing a joint uh, event with them uh, in their soundscape work, which is just magical meditation and sound and just all kinds of powerful stuff. I'm going to be doing a healing event uh, in the Westford, Massachusetts at the Aquarius Sanctuary, as well as 
kind of thought song, open discussion style, looking at signs and symbols and all different kinds of things of what's happening in your life. And I'm going to be doing a code um, workshop at the Pottstown, Pennsylvania Enlightened Path Holistic Center uh, with uh, Lorraine Cat Morris there. So catch up with me at any of those events. You can follow all of those things as well as my videos that I put out, the monthly special that I put out, uh, the archived radio shows, all kinds of things there. You can follow them through my website, Jesse Ann Nichols George, and number one.com. And the monthly special, by the way, September special deal, is you can get the ebook version of my books, You, Me, Life, Dreams, for only $1.99. So that's a pretty darn good option. And I do have my Facebook page up, by the way, for Code Interpretation. That's Jesse and Nichols George, Code Interpreter. You can follow that page as well. Um, take a like on it and see what I post on there. Uh, in upcoming weeks, I'm also going to be doing shows where we'll be looking at all kinds of current events that are going on. I'm considering taking a look at the uh, presidential candidates and sharing with you what their coding is so you can understand uh, what's happening with them. And if you have a suggestion of something that you would like to know the truth about or the codes on um, for a show, I would be happy to be open to, to hearing suggestions on it as well. Don't forget, we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe. By the way, Randy Goldberg is back doing his Vedic Astrology and uh, various other topics on Monday nights. Susan Weave is sharing her work in Herbs and Natural Plants, still working her way through 13 magical trees. And Wednesday night's, of course, our flagship show coming up in a few weeks here. Janice will be interviewing me. Daniel and Janice are the uh, producers on that show. And uh, she'll be interviewing me on my code interpretation work. And that oftentimes can be backed up with Darren Bucare, who's a reader at Madame Laveau in New Orleans. And I saw that even Kevin might be doing another show on his new companion and sharing more of his work with that. So that's going to be interesting. I'm not sure if that's going to become a consistent all-the-time thing. Of course, Jim and Ashley Cash once a week have their show going on. So lots of great things happening here on Main Street Universe. Hey, this is Jesse Ann Nichols-George. And I want to thank you so much for being here today. And Thanks to all of our listeners, not only through Blog Talk Radio, but also those streaming live through Penn, known as Pair Encounters Network, Spring Finder, Talk Stream Live, and those catching the podcast at iTunes, TuneIn.com, and those catching the YouTube version of the show. I look forward to seeing you back here next week as we go more on the code connection. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed my show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archives. And I'm going to learn, leave you with the song "Yearning For," also known as Shem, ah, also known as Over and Over, and it's by Shemshine. Again, you can connect with them and the rest of their work at www.shemshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind. And to touch what seems unreal, just to show you the way that I feel. And we are in time with time, one with season of change inside. We are in tune with the tune 
Over and over 